Hi, I'm Daniel Eccles, and this is the Opportunity Collective, a network that's helping faithful creators like yourself collaborate to create more opportunities and live purpose-driven lives. On this podcast, I talk to other faithful creators, and we showcase how to collaborate in real time. The goal is collaboration over competition, and we want to create more opportunities for ourselves, but more importantly, for other people. So welcome to the Opportunity Collective. This first episode of 2024 is going to be a little bit different. We, instead of just your traditional faithful creatives, artists, poet, we have Kate Reed, who's a trauma-informed and burnout prevention consultant. So this is about trauma, burnout, and collaboration. How are we going to listen to other people before speaking yourself and caring more about what other people are up to than caring about making sure other people know what you are doing? Community care sometimes being more important than self-care and then also accepting help and not just helping others. That's how we can collaborate together and some uh, of the really great information that Katie Reed has to share from her trauma-informed background. She is just really fun to to hear all of her experiences from Kenya to being back here in the United States to Israel and just a wealth of knowledge and some really cool free assessments that are offered in this that will help you in multiple different areas of your own health. And so that goal for Kate is for you to be as healthy as possible and to fight for your highest good. So without further ado, here is Kate Reed. Kate, I'm having a great time. I've had a couple of all of that reunions on the podcast lately, I feel like. And uh, now, now get another one here too. So just more Olivetians. I think that we were wanting to do this a little bit before, but I'm excited to uh, have you on the podcast and to share a little bit about the things that you're passionate and excited about and see if there's anybody out there or any ways that you can help uh, others or that others might be able to help you in the things that you're you're pursuing and feel called to. So before we can get started on that, though, who is Kate Reed and what is it that you're excited about, passionate about? What's important for us to know? Well, they say it takes a village to raise a child. And I am so grateful that the village that helped to shape who I am today is from many different cultures around the world who have been through adversity, who are helping others to heal. So that's really shaped where I land today. I grew up in Nairobi, Kenya in East Africa and was shaped very much by just the 20 years my family's lived there. And after I graduated from Olivet, I moved into a a local community that was mostly African-American and they familyed me up and they taught me so much more about healing. And then after that, I moved to Israel where I did my master's studying how communities Mm -hmm. heal from trauma. And again, was just so grateful just to get to learn from so many people on what healing truly looks like. And now I serve as a trauma-informed consultant and a burnout prevention specialist. And what Mm -hmm. that really means is my greatest joy is just to come alongside leaders and to help organizations develop healthy leaders healing cultures, and helpful responses to mental health needs. Almost every organization you talk to, they 
a lot of burnout. <laughs> there's there's so many mental health needs and people just don't feel equipped. So it's just a joy to get to really help people learn how they can help others heal, how they can be emotionally healthy leaders and just be able to help spread that health to those around them. Yeah, I've never really thought of both in trauma and then also burnout in the same context, but mm -hmm. both go together. I mean, if you, you can't really do the best work that you are called or feel led to do, if you experience either of those, are there any other connections that you can think of between both of these uh, subject matters? I mean, of course, it's a mental health issue in, in, in general, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about I'm intrigued. I didn't know the burnout part of your story. Yes. So really, it's just acknowledging the humanness that's in the room, right? <laughs> so many times we, you know, we put on these faces that we've got it all together. And we, as leaders, oftentimes we can put our own needs on the back burner. And that does not create sustainability. We have to acknowledge our needs. And to be emotionally healthy leaders, we need to be connected to others, but also to ourselves. And in today's world, we're seeing really what they call the great resignation, where organizations just cannot yeah. keep their people. And really, I think so much of it goes, goes even deeper to culture, where we need to help organizations develop healing cultures to be known for how we treat our people and not, not re-traumatizing, not just continuing systems that are just leading to this vicious cycle of of burnout where we're not taking care of our people. Mm. So it's really developing those systems of support, those cultures, so that we can be the healthiest people in the room. Yeah, a healing culture. I mean, especially these days, I, I wonder if a lot of people that are listening have actually experienced a work culture like that or a culture uh, like that just in their life in general. What are some aspects or some key signifiers of what a, a healthy culture would look like in that way. Yeah. So we have what we call the 11 milestones of a trauma-informed organization. And so that's looking, you know, holistically, let's look at our policies, our HR policies. Do they really actually encourage people to have healthy rest rhythms and a life way that's really healthy? Or if they take that time off, are they really like punished? Is there a stigma for reaching out for mental health supports? Or is it something that's this is modeled and celebrated and encouraged in our organization? Also, things like our looking at our physical environment. Do we have, does it feel like a welcoming, safe place? You know, in our waiting rooms, do we have news on that's maybe traumatizing people? Or does this feel like a place that they want to come to, that they uh -huh. look forward to coming to? Just so many different factors for organizations just to really do a deep dive. So yes, you can have that one-time rah-rah speaker come in and talk to you. But if you really want to see that transformation in your organization, it's, it's even deeper to really look at our systems, our systems of support mm -hmm. and just that continuum of care to help our people be able to flourish and thrive in a world where there's so, so much trauma. 
there are, are systems involved in this, but then also as far as the individual level, a lot of people that uh, are part of this opportunity collective are solo uh, creatives, entrepreneurs that are, are doing uh, things in those sort of ways. How might they be able to integrate some of these aspects of a healthy culture when it comes to trauma-informed, burnout prevention, things like that, and, and utilize them for their their clients or their own businesses that are, are rather small and solo in, in nature. Absolutely. So we have to know ourselves to lead ourselves. And we, you know, we never graduate from the school of self-awareness. So if we want to become those leaders that are that are just magnetic and others want to work with, the easiest way to do that is to be someone who just is interested and cares about them. So many times, especially for emerging leaders, they feel this need to show up and be impressive. And I think it's so much more of a, a turn on, really, if you are able to start out first being interested in the person on the other side of the table before trying to be interesting. So I think the more that you can show that you care I, you know, I teach a lot of leaders, how do we do healing listening just so that people have mm. just that space to process and, you know, a grief is really healed when it's witnessed by somebody else. So how do we be safe place people? How do we be a go-to person for our clients, for those that we lead and love, whether it's your family, your clients, just to help support them and their emotional health needs is so important. But then also I love to teach how do we, you know, when somebody has been through some type of crisis or any type of thing that's just too much, how do we regulate ourselves before, during, and after so that we can show up and be present and help them to actually heal instead of re-traumatizing them? So many times, even with good intentions, we are not comfortable when someone on the other side of the table is struggling. And so we just want to just rush them through to be okay. And so we just shove these platitudes on them. Oh, everything will be fine. Hey, things could be worse. And that's not helpful. You know, we want to create a culture and just to be a safe place person for them to acknowledge their humanness, to give them permission to not be okay sometimes. And just to show them that you are truly for them. Because when someone meets a leader in about three seconds, they size them up. Is that leader someone who is for me? Is that leader someone who is against me or are they just for themselves? So we want to be known as leaders who are for the people on the other side of our table and to know what is it like to be on the other side of our leadership. Yeah, gosh, I mean, this is what everybody wants. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of organizations that you probably are going into and working with are immediately excited. They want to prevent burnout. They want to prevent any instances of trauma and take care of their people. But then there probably gets a point when you're working with these organizations where there's some resistance. Mm -hmm. What are some resistance that you've seen that might prevent people from actually stepping into having this empathy and care for the people that they are collaborating with? So, so many organizations they want to have emotionally healthy leaders, but they don't do anything to invest in the health of those leaders. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because, you know, I ask those organizations, whether they're a nonprofit or they're just straight up trying to make money, you know, tell me what is the cost of burnout for your organization? 
because they, you know they mm-hmm. every single time that one of your key leaders walks away the costs of hiring that headhunter that search committee onboarding someone to that the level where they can actually finally be an asset giving back to the organization that's thousands and thousands of dollars that you're just throwing away when instead you could invest much less than that in just creating a healthy culture and investing in your people, encouraging them to practice healthy rest rhythms and sustain your people. And it affects your bottom line in so, so many ways. But also, again, it, it affects, we, want, we need to protect that first impression, but can sustain that healthy first impression that we are known for how we treat our people. And so this is the best way. If you want good PR, take care of your people. And so that pushback that I see a lot of organizations you know, sometimes they'll think, okay, well, we'll do a, um, a one-time self-care webinar, and then we've checked it off for the year. And it's like, again, it's, it needs to be a, just a paradigm shift, a new life way focused on just how we take care of our people and viewing them not just as, oh, what's wrong with you, but what happened to you? How can you help others heal? And how can we come alongside you to help you thrive? Yeah, I think there's a meme or something going on right now on Instagram I saw where it's like, my employer wants us to have like mental health focus. But as soon as I start talking about it, they said, no, what we really mean is, could you try doing a little yoga maybe? Or <laughs> like, and you know what, to be honest, so, so many times with good intentions, when somebody just shoves that on your down your throat, have better self-care, that is not helpful. And it's like, uh-huh. okay, I'm already overwhelmed. Now you're just telling me do more. So what I preach all the time is that sometimes we need community care more than self-care. You know, your bubble bath is only going to go so far. <laughs> you know, I think uh-huh. so many times we, we need those people who can listen when we've been through hard things, who we know that they are on our team. And that makes all the difference. Um, well, I guess uh, just uh, switching it up a little bit as far as the subject goes and focusing a little bit more on um, your own background and your experience of uh, just sounds like this community uh, that you have really grown up in. I mean, what what awesome communities to go from, from, from Kenya to the community that you were here with and then over in Israel, a lot of adopted family. A lot of experiences that a lot of people haven't been able to have that deep of a community experience. What are some ways that you have learned to collaborate from all of these different experiences with different people groups and also nationalities? I think it's so important in our in our heart posture that we are always listening and learning mm-hmm. from the people in front of us. And instead of showing up with this attitude of like, oh, I'm here to fix you or anything like that. No, I'm here. I need you. I think needing is so healthy. And for me, my definition of family is not biological. And so learning how to to let the new people in front of me who I'm just meeting for them to become my family and to help meet my needs is something that is very human. And it just deepens the relationship so fast. So just to be able to have that that mutually transformative co-needing each other, you know, in a healthy way, but we're, yeah. we're relying on each other. We're connected. It's so important. And I think so many times, you know, especially with community development, like in Africa, it can be very one directional. Like this is the the receiver, this is the giver. And it, it's not going both directions. 
So I think that's something that's so important. So just having that open heart posture, I'm here to listen and to learn. And they, you know, my global family, whether it's in Kenya or Israel, you know, they taught me so much and you never know what something is preparing you for. So I was able to take what I learned from them. And then I was flown to the border of Ukraine to work with the war there and helping people heal from the trauma there in a train the trainer initiative. And then I was in Singapore just very recently, again, working just to help train local leaders. And there's, you never know what, what some community is going to gift you with that's going to be helpful for another community later down the road. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. I mean, what I really like about that too is uh, admitting your needs. That's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you also need to first know what you need. And I have a, a hard time knowing what I need most of the time. Mm-hmm. But opportunity is really going to come and you're not going to be able to collaborate unless you're able to ask other people for help. And then it was reciprocated that vulnerability and that admission of need, then you can also hear where, where you can help them. And it's just fostering a community where it is actually collaborative by not feigning a, a false strength, but admitting that, Hey, I don't have it all together. I don't know everything. I'm not an expert and you have some wisdom that I need. And I would also love to help you in any way possible. And that's kind of the goal of of what I I care about, too. Mm -hmm. And when thinking about that, I mean, there are ways, Kate, that you are so gifted. I mean, already just talking about all this trauma-informed consulting, burnout prevention, all of these sort of things. Besides that, too, are there any other things that you feel that you would like to offer a community of just faithful creatives, emerging leaders, entrepreneurs, ways that you are equipped and and wanting to help? Absolutely. So I'm just so excited about the culture that you are creating through this community. It's so needed and so healthy just to model that. But just any ways that these, these leaders that you have as your listeners can can take any of these tools to help infect the culture around them with health. <laughs> so exciting to me. And just mm-hmm. ways that we can show up to be healthy and to help those around us heal when there's so much in, in this heavy time right now. So that I would love to share with any of the listeners, we'll have a link for the show notes. I have three free mm-hmm. assessments that I would love to share with the, the listeners. And one is it's called the Peace Index, and it's how do we find inner peace when we're in a time of external chaos and looking at what are my controllables and what is outside of my control? And so it looks at five different spheres. So that's one of them. Another one is, it's called the five voices, and it's looking at what is your primary leadership voice. But what I find most interesting about it is then it's that deep dive also into what is your weapon system? What are your triggers when you're stressed? So that we know, you know, what it's like to be on the other side of our leadership. And how do those on the other side of our table, what are their core needs and how can we help just create healthy team dynamics? And then thirdly, it's called the communication code. And this one is just exactly what this podcast is all about, asking for what we need. Because so many times what I'm transmitting and what you're receiving when I'm talking to you can be two very different things. So this is really just a tool to help teach people how to ask 
for what they're needing. So sometimes I will, if I'm talking with you, Daniel, I might need you to celebrate with me. Sometimes I might need you to offer critique. Sometimes I might need you to just come alongside me. So it's just a tool to help leaders just be, help someone become more effective in meeting those needs by asking for it and just to be more holistic in those approaches. So those are just three, three, again, they're totally free. Then I would love to connect. I connecting is my favorite thing in life. (laughs) So just, I'm always looking for opportunities just to have those virtual coffees with people and just to get to hear, you know, what, what is it that makes them, what are their superpowers as a leader, you know, and how can they help their team become as healthy as possible? Yeah. How would somebody connect with you, Kate? Great question. So in the show notes, I can share my my LinkedIn account and my Instagram. And I have the website that has those free assessments and would love just to get to know any of these leaders who just have similar passions, who just really want to help their team, help those that they lead and love become as healthy as possible and fight for their highest good. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll put those all in the show notes. But also before we we get going to what do you need? Are there any ways that we can collaborate with the work that you're doing and support you as you do all this really important work? Make sure that you don't get burnt out. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, community and relationships, that's really what feeds me. So just, you know, the opportunities just to connect with like-minded people who are doing this work and we can just support each other. That really just feeds me in so many ways. It's so life-giving for me. Uh, We talk about, you know, the 70-30 principle, doing 70% of what is most Mm -hmm. life-giving and your natural strengths and then 30% what is draining and what you just got to get done. And so those connections, that's where I come most alive. So again, would love to just connect with any of your your leaders and do a virtual coffee or in-person coffee if anybody's local and just to share those those assessments with their their teams those people maybe it's a client maybe it's their boss if they want to help their own work culture get healthy and then I am launching in the new year another cohort of our healthy leaders group coaching and what I love about that is It's not just a one-on-one thing, but you get to have a team rallying around you where you're all learning and processing these tools together. And we do it as you a bit self-paced where you go through the giant OS leadership tools, and then we process them together as a group. So again, it's just that vibrant community of leaders who are all fighting Mm -hmm. for the highest good of those that they lead and love. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. I I hope somebody reaches out. Thanks for being willing and for for sharing. It's just really cool what you're you're doing and I'm excited to to see the impact that that you're making and how the Lord's using you. So, we'll be keeping tabs and yeah, hopefully somebody reaches out and uh listener, go ahead. I think this this is the important stuff that we need to be be looking at when it comes to your organizations or even if you're just doing something solo, make sure that you are putting these things into practice, that you're listening well, that you know what you need, that you're able to go in and be genuinely interested in in what others are experiencing and focusing on that community development. So we're going to continue to create more opportunities through this kind of work and look forward to doing that with more people like you, Kate, and other uh, people that are in the Opportunity Collective. So join me next time. Thank you. Thank you.